Hey everyone, it's Todd. And Lena. <laughs> yeah, we are technically on vacation, but uh, I feel like we should put up something for you. So, did you know that we have bonus episodes? Bonus episodes? That's right, bonus episodes. They are exclusively on Patreon, and we do one a month where you guys vote on what we watch, and then we watch it, and then we tell you what we saw, because you made us do it. Normally, those only go on Patreon, but we're going to unlock a couple of them just for you. Wow, Todd, that's so giving. It is, and if you like what you hear, you can go to Patreon and hear more. By giving us money. You see, that's called quid pro quo, Todd. And it's not a lot of money. It's just one dollar. But you can donate more if you want. You donate, you, donate, you donate a full 20, you can pick one of the options that people vote on. Wow, that sounds totally worth it. <laughs> people who get their wish seem pretty happy with it, and they seem to stick with it. So I think it's a good value. I'm not going to argue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, this is one of our better ones. I like this one a lot. So here you go. Enjoy. Hi ho, and welcome to Song versus Song. This, and we're today we're doing the Muppet movie. Yay! I like that you started this out so positive, like either of us was really psyched about doing the Muppet I movie. I love the Muppets. I also love the Muppets. I just, you know, don't know what we're going to say. I love the Muppets. This month for our Patreon bonus exclusive episode, you guys made us watch the Muppet movie. It was a horrible disaster and we both hated it. Oh, uh, yeah, what a terrible film. <laughs> I do like okay, no, I, so I have to, I have two things that I want to talk about. I was I was in the shower, ooh la la, thinking about these two things. Mm-hmm. One, if this movie came out today, who would be the the menagerie of celebrity appearances? And two, would people like this movie now? Well, people don't seem to like the Muppets anymore. They keep trying to bring them back, and it just doesn't seem to take. Well, do you okay? So, do you think? We'll get into it, but like a, a question is how much of that is the Muppets themselves and how much of that is that it's not Jim and Frank and Dave and Frambrill and, and, and all those other folks that sort of like helped to create the initial version of the Muppets. I watched the, the two Muppet movies that came out in theaters recently, the Muppets 2011 and Muppets Most Wanted. Uh, I like the second one a little bit more than the first. I've never seen that one. I never bothered. The songs are better on it. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's my main takeaway for why I prefer that. Most people get mad at me when I say that Muppets Most Wanted is better than Muppets 2011. Well, having never seen it, I have no opinion on this. Uh, But I will say I would have rather Jason Segel just make his weird vampire puppet musical. (laughs) (laughs) There are things I like about both, but the voices will never sound right to me. Because they're not Jim or Frank or whoever. I don't know the Muppeteers off the top of my head like you do. Well, okay. So, like, that's intentional, I think, like, for sure. I mean, they've had many they've had many Kermits over the years um, or a, a couple of Kermits over the years. I don't think anybody is going to do a Jim Henson thing because I think that there is a, a, a an a perceived immorality around it. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What do you mean they're not going to do a Jim Henson thing? Because they're not like so, like Kermit. It's like, a like, Kermit okay, impression. You do, yeah, but you no, do Kermit the Frog. Okay, here's here's my hot take. 
anybody could do an actual pitch perfect Jim Henson version of Kermit. I don't actually think that's a hard thing to do. All you have to do is start at Jim, do an impression of Jim Henson first, and then do Jim Henson doing Kermit, and it's fine. I think that when people are brought on to do Kermit the Frog post the passing of Jim Henson, they very purposefully just start at, and this is what my Kermit sounds like, which is, has like all of the key basic pieces, but is never designed to sound like Jim doing Kermit. I'm uh, I'm not sure uh, I agree with this decision that they made. If this is indeed what happened, I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to look it up right now. Um, I have always assumed that you know nobody really sets out to do it exactly the same way. Once a person dies, you kind of want to let them. I mean, I'm sure. I guess the, I don't want to say never ever. I'm sure there's somebody that does that, but I think there's a strong argument to be made. Like I don't mind hearing a Kermit that sounds like Kermit, but not quite. You know, mm-hmm. that doesn't like it's sad. I guess, but like, you know, I mean, I grew up on, on, on the Jim Henson version. We should talk about that too, our, our, our first blushes with Muppet Dumb. The thing is, for me, I did not grow up with the Muppet movies. I grew up with the Muppet Show. I grew up with Muppet Babies. But like the classic Muppet movies, the, 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 the main three, I did not see those till I was an adult. And they didn't really, uh, they didn't really take for me, I guess. They didn't really, like, embed themselves in my brain the way it did for, you know, people who, you know, had that as a major part of their childhood. Hmm. But I loved The Muppet Show. I watched that shit religiously when I was five. And uh, to answer a question we started with, do I think uh, the Muppet movie would hit today? No. It's such a 70s project. Not puppets, but it's such a variety show. It's a 70s variety show of the kind that doesn't exist anymore. And they have tried to bring the Muppets back over and over again. And I think just fundamentally the variety showness of it just does not hit the same way as it does or as it did in 1979. I, I'm not sure that I agree. Um, mm. I think, you know, I've... Name dropping McGee. I, you know, I've, I've certainly like at the height of my career, like I talked to Frank Oz on multiple occasions about this topic, uh-huh. you know, and Frank always felt that they had kind of just lost what the Muppets are. You know, he's very, you know, kind of bitter about it. Occasionally he comes and does stuff still, right? Like my friends have met, you know, I, I have a friend that like has worked at like the heap. Which is uh, which is one of the the Muppet Studios that that like builds puppets and stuff and builds Muppets. Um, is, is it named after Marjorie the Trash Heap? I believe that it is. That's cool. It is cool. It's a very cool thing. But like you know, for, I love Frank. He's he's very curmudgeonly though and very set in his ways. And sometimes I agree with him and sometimes I don't. I think we've talked about it before that like he has a thing where um, Bert and Ernie can't be gay because Bert and Ernie are he and Jim and he and Jim are not gay. Uh huh. And I was like, so those characters are not literally you, Frank. Um, which sort of I think gives Frank you, is. I think Frank is uh, has the right to say that those characters are literally him, are uh, them. I mean, I don't, but they're not. Like they're literally. I mean, yeah, I know, they're, I know, they're literally. I know, not. I know. Like he could. I mean, like you know, I don't, I never have engaged Frank and been like, I think you're wrong about this because why would I? Why I, I've yeah. seen people do it and I don't know why anyone would do it. It seems like so pointless. 
But um, it gives you a sense of where his head is at. And I think sometimes his mentality on this is correct. And sometimes it's not. Um, I would disagree with him about the, the, the Burton or anything. But I would agree that I, I just don't know that there's ever been anybody that's come into that world and been able to successfully recreate. And, I, you know, I think it's an interesting question as to how much is just a lack of an ecosystem for it and how much of it is that, like, sometimes it's just a very specific group of people in that way that Jim and Frank and Fran and and and, uh, and Dave and all the rest of them were all those characters in an almost literal way, right? That, like, it just is never going to quite be the same. And the further out you get from it, the more that it's just not going to work. Like, it's it's I think that's where I would ultimately land like it's a lot that and a little bit also like the modern ecosystem of film and television yeah i the first muppet movie i ever saw was muppet treasure island in theaters as a little kid of all the starting places i mean i'd have to rewatch again to see where i i land on it but i remember them making a big deal about how muppet treasure island was not going to be at all like the the first three because this was going to be like a muppet world versus the the three classic ones, which are the Muppets in our world. Sure. And I don't know, like it, it, there might be something to that about why maybe I don't want a Muppet world. Maybe the the Muppets need to be interacting with like, uh, you know, famous people. Why? Well, you know, there was that Muppet show that came out a while ago that had that sort of like the office vibe to it. And I, I, I actually kind of liked that one because mm-hmm. um, they had like um, what's his face? Dudley, who was like the, the costumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that he was a great Santa character on that. And I thought that like they did the thing where um, Kermit and Piggy had broken up and Kermit started dating another pig. <laughs> Which I thought was so, so weird, but so fun. Anyway, uh, so I think it can I think it can be done uh, kind of, but there's always something that's sort of missing. I think it's interesting that you say that you don't necessarily like the a Muppet world. Um when, I'm just speculating because I, you know. So here's the here's my follow up to that. Arguably, many people's favorite Muppet movie is a movie I don't like, but everybody else says is like the best one. That's not other than this one, which is Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, that's right. I forget. I I've, I left that one out of the classic movies. I mean, I guess uh, you know. Jim was dead by that point, so, like, that's... That's a different time period. That's, that's a different time period, and people, you know, myself... I've never met anybody other than when I look in the mirror who doesn't think anything other than that that's, like, the best Christmas carol. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, like, go down, uh, you know, punch down on Muppet Christmas Carol, but, you know, it's not, like... Like I said, the Muppet movies are just not a major part of my life, the way that the Muppet show or Muppet... So, like, I, you know, I could take or leave it. Like, maybe, again, maybe this is something I need to rewatch. I always liked Mickey's Christmas Carol more than Muppet Christmas Carol. No one agrees with that. Oh, I but, love, I mean, like, that's, we could talk about that for five seconds because that's about as long as it is. But, like, <laughs> the, the, the Mickey's Christmas Carol is in my top three favorite Christmas carols. Um, I just love that one. I remember seeing it when I was, I was, like, really young. They used to air it on TV. Um, back in the day, um, every time the holiday season came around. And so I would see it. Uh, and I just like, I thought it was like scary and spooky and weird and fun. And it had, uh, Jiminy Cricket in it. 
It's fun. I yeah. like that one. Anyway. All right. Anyway, what do you think of the Muppet movie? Like, what's your experience with the Muppet movies? Uh, so, weirdly, the first one is the one that I saw last. I was a little bit older when I saw the the Muppet movie. I saw um, Muppet Take Manhattan first, and then I saw um, the Muppet Caper. But, like, Muppet Caper, I think I had only seen a couple of times, and then never again. Like, I never really revisited that one. Whereas Muppets Take Manhattan, I watched all the time. Even though I don't think that that's necessarily a good narrative. I don't know if that's, like, the greatest movie of all time. But there were a lot of conceits in there. And the Kermit loses his memory and goes into advertising, to me, was hilarious. And it, of course, has the great moral to the story is that when your show is bad, what it needs is more frogs and dogs and chickens and things. <laughs> more is more. What a what a concept. I when I rewatched all the like the, the, the classic three, like or, or when I watched them for the first time, what I thought was the first time as an adult, I remembered little bits of seeing Caper and little bits of Manhattan. But. I think I had never seen the Muppet movie, even like the littlest speck of it. And it's weird that because like that's the one with new, that's the one that arguably has the most famous scene in all of Muppet movie. Them, yes. Um, I mean, it's certainly like well, I think so. It has a very cl- clear narrative. They're going to a place, and there's this guy who's trying to stop them from getting there because he wants. Kermit to be his brainless automaton spokesperson for his his frog legs establishment. That, it is the that's thinnest it. narrative. But of it's but it's the there movies. and it's clear and there's nothing like I don't know. Like it's got a very Blues Brothers quality to it because they're like constantly. Yeah, it's, on it's the a run. road movie. Yeah, yeah. I would say like I'd have to rewatch them, but the Muppet movie for me is the Muppet movie. You know what I mean? Like, sure. It is the best. It's the pinnacle. It's, I don't know. I wish there was like a little more to it. Cause it's, it, you know, it is, you know, it's just a very simple movie, road movie, very linear. But well, man, it looks good. It's a cool movie. And I love the, the conceit that they're watching it. So like, the, even, I do like even, that too. Even this, like there's this extra element that like, is this really what happened? No. This is a fictionalized version of events. <laughs> and, fictional- not, not, not to be confused with the real Muppets <laughs> who really exist, which is a thing that I think that, that Jim always wanted people to believe, right? Like this idea that the Muppets are watching their own movie suggests that the Muppets literally live in our world. And I think that that's nice. I don't know. The Muppets are nice. That's, that's yeah, a thing I, I think like- we'll probably come back to. I do like that they've always kept up the conceit that the Muppets are like real actors and they're on set and they go home at the end of the day and they take off their costumes and they, you know, live their Hollywood lives. Yeah. And they've and they've managed to keep that element in this story by having there be a a story within a story. Right. That they bookend it with. They are watching their own movie to see how it is. Yeah. And I I like the implication that like they're they're lying. (laughs) You know, it's a fictionalization. Right. This is not what happens at all around. Yeah. Like, who knows what the real version is? It's probably a lot darker. Because it's, it's a very innocent movie about showbiz, really. 
Yes. Just like the classic, like, think of it, kid, your name in lights. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be the, in pictures. Yeah, where's a fox in the top hat to come in and being like, hi, <laughs> dee, dee, dee. Really dee. An actor's life for me. Um, yeah, I don't. I was like, man, what am I going to, what's my, the Muppet like, movie I, is problematic. Uh, <laughs> no, I, like, I, I want to go back to this. It looks so good. Like that opening scene with the Rainbow Connection. I know we all love the song, The Rainbow Connection, but that scene is beautiful. And I just love the way, just the, the pictures look. Like for me, this is like the Star Wars of Muppetry. The Superman. You'll believe a frog can dance. You know? I like that you tweeted that his legs were too spindly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They they did a there was a big thing that Jim Henson wanted you to believe that there was like no no man underneath controlling the frog. Yeah, well, I mean that that's what, they, that's like what real, they always want. That is what they always always want. And I guess he felt like he couldn't pull off the whole like framing with the you know that they use on the Muppet Show where you never saw them below the waist. Okay, yes, I don't believe that that frog is actually dancing. His legs are very spindly. I don't believe he can carry his fat little body. It, it, but I do like that they went there, that they showed the frog dancing. I beg, You know, I find myself wishing that I'd gone back and watched some of, um, uh, what's his face's filmography, James Frawley's uh, work, because he's the one that directed this. Yeah, who is that? Uh, I've never heard of him. He's... So for a long time, a lot of what he did was TV stuff. Like, I don't really know any of these things that are movie movies, like the Christian licorice store. Never. No. no. Kid Blue. I've heard of I've heard of the big bus, but I don't know what that is. Yeah. The big bus, I think, is sort of like his big thing. And then he does more TV. And then that the next movie he does is the Muppet movie. A nuclear-powered bus driving cross-country from New York City to Colorado is destined for disaster due to the machinations of a mysterious group allied with the oil lobby. This is... Wow, that's just the plot of the Muppet movie. Yeah, it is. That's just the plot of the Muppet movie. There's a big bus in the Muppet movie. There's a sinister cabal, a sinister corporate cabal trying to stop them. Yeah, it's Big Frog Leg. Big frog leg. You never, you never realize how how deep in, in everybody's pockets big frog leg is, but it's true. People think it's think it's like the healthcare system, oil, big oil. No, nah, man, it's big frog leg. Can can I say how dark it is <laughs> that they are trying to get Kermit to sell a frog legs food chain? I mean, there's a like, reason that they bring in Mel Brooks to be a Nazi, basically. <laughs> that's not, that's not basically what accident. they're pitching him on. Oh, yeah, I forgot Mel Brooks is in this. Yes, he is, and he is just, he's at his Brooksiest. It starts to go a little off the rails there at the end. I I just remember now that Mel Brooks is a Nazi in this. Well, they don't ever say that. He's a German. He's German, honey. He's German. I'm pretty sure he hits the Sig Heil, even. And then... Yeah, probably. But they never use the word Nazi, you see. No. It's a technicality. It's a technicality. Yeah, I, I was I kind of struck at like the different places you could go back in the seventies that you probably couldn't now. 
I mean, I don't. The last thing I want to do is get into the. You know, you couldn't make a movie like that nowadays. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. Like Rolf talks about kicking back with a couple beers at the end of a day. You wouldn't say that now. Yeah, I guess not. Rolf, I think is is Raven's favorite Muppet. Why is Rolf uh, the the favorite Muppet for Raven? Because he's like, I believe it's, I believe it is the pragmatism of Rolf. Like, there's something very... He's such an everyman. Yeah. You know, like, Kermit is often viewed as the everyman, but, like, Kermit still, like, has very pie-in-the-sky ideals, right? Like, he's still reaching for the stars. And Rolf is just kind of, like, along for the ride. Like, do I... Like, does some of the money I make go into a 401k plan? Does this have (laughs) dental... That those are Rolf questions, not necessarily Kermit questions. Yeah, I like that he's there to drag everyone back down to reality because Kermit is, you know, stressed out of his mind all the time. It's true. Kermit I mean, is cer- about cer- to certainly, snap. certainly in the Muppet Show, I think that like they 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 portray him in a in a, in a slightly different light in the in the movie, right? He's a little. Uh, he's, he's a. He's at this point like supposed to be younger and more naive. Yeah, a very ideal, like, Dom DeLuise comes and he's like, they're looking for frogs in Hollywood. Dom DeLuise. Is it you that really dislikes Dom DeLuise? That is definitely not me. Oh, okay. Who I the know, fuck is that? I don't know. I know somebody. Is it Raven? I, gosh, I hope it's not Raven. <laughs> Our marriage would be over. I love Dom I don't know, DeLuise. That sounds like a, a bizarre thing to say. I hate Dom DeLuise. I mean, I love Dom DeLuise. I remember watching Haunted Honeymoon when I was a kid. Not a great film, but a movie that is great if you're a kid. <laughs> and he's, I know Dom he's, DeLuise mostly from All Dogs Go to Heaven. Sure. I know him mostly for Secret of Nim. There, there you go. We're getting into our uh, our Dom Bluth. That's, I do associate, associate him with Dom Bluth. Yeah, that makes sense. But he is in this movie as an agent who's like out on the bog. <laughs> what, a, what a weird setup. And he's like, hey, yeah. hey, you, frog. They're looking for frogs in Hollywood. I thought he'd show up again at the end. It, it seems like he should, shouldn't it? It's weird that they don't bookend it with that. Like, I feel like you expect him to show up at the end, and in a way it's funny because then, of course, somebody else shows up. A absolutely wild cameo for the day. Uh, which one are you talking about? Well, who do they sign the contract with? Oh, right. <laughs> At the end. Oh, my God. I mean, oh, I, guess, I, guess, yeah, I guess by wild. that point, he was starting to, like, <laughs> appear in weird things just for for whatever reason. I, I, that, I, I don't. We're talking about Orson Welles. Yes, we are talking about Orson Welles. That 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 knocked me out of my chair because I completely forgot about that. I, I'll tell you what. That was, like, a big question that I had. When I, when I say I wonder, like, if they made a Muppet movie now, like, the Muppet movie, like, basically the same narrative, I'm like, who is of that caliber like who is it yeah because like i don't even like like if this was the 1980s like if they'd done it a decade later it would have been spielberg right but like uh-huh. spielberg isn't spielberg anymore right like he's like i people like him but like he's not deified in the way that he was for a time and i'm trying to like rack my brain and say is there any director who is so deified they could be in that that role at the end you'd be like holy shit 
you know, Quentin Tarantino was in a, the Muppet Wizard of Oz. Ugh. Boy, yeah. Speaking of like the decline of the Muppet Empire, but not for me. Um, I was like trying to figure it out. I'm like, is it like, is it Wes Anderson? Is it like? It's Ari Aster. Hereditary's Ari Aster <laughs> shows up at the end. Nobody knows what he looks like. I don't think anybody's like really super aware of what Ari Aster looks like that you'd look at him and be like, Yeah, you'd oh, have man. to know who they are. So it would have to be like Tarantino or Spike Lee or someone like that. Yeah, yeah. Even Spike Lee kind of feels like we're a little we're a little far out. From from like, being relevant from, to from, the from, kids. From having like that kind of reaction from people. I don't, maybe. Maybe Spike Lee. <laughs> Maybe George Lucas, because people know, still know who that is, but like he's kind of wasted his celebrity. Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele could work. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, people do know Jordan Peele. Um, I don't know. I just don't think anything is going like, to match But like that. Jordan Peele is recognizable. He's not Orson Welles. It's not, <laughs> nothing could possibly be as funny as Orson Welles being on the other side of that fucking chair. Yeah, and being like, anyway, set him up with the standard <laughs> rich and famous contract. That was easy. And and exactly like the really fun Frozen Peas era Orson Welles, too, with the thick beard and everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's surprised the one, he wasn't wearing a fucking cape. Yeah. Um, he, he, need to be, like, a, he needed a cane and a cape. I feel as though we've gotten ahead of ourselves. We've skipped well, I mean, the end of the movie. Um, so I mean, Dom, we don't so have Dom, to. Like, anyway, so Dom DeLuise is in a box. <laughs> uh, and... You know, I was just reading the trivia on IMDb, and they were talking about like how to film that. Jim Henson had to get in a, a like a steel drum submerged under the swamp. I was like, man, that is a man sacrificing for his art because that sounds awful. That sounds off. I mean, I'm reading all about that fucking sub all you know for the last two weeks, so like <laughs> a little paranoid about being underwater. That, but, yes, I think that that's added something to it. But, I mean, let, let it never be said that Jim Henson was not probably primarily known as somebody who was uh, committed to the bit. Yeah, like all the trivia on IMDb are talking about what a technological marvel the fucking Muppet movie is. And, like, how they got Fozzie to drive the car and, like, how they built a 60-foot head of animal for that shot where he, like, becomes a giant like they couldn't just use like the regular puppet head and use a miniature set. It's like, no, we need a we need a giant sixty foot head. And they I and think they built they, great. they built a robot and named it Carol Kane, and it's still running today. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, ha 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 ha! Yes, Carol Kane randomly shows up for like half a second. Was she famous Twice. yet? Uh, Twice. Uh, I think yeah. so. She's got a poem. Let me check my math. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that. Uh, she already had Taxi under her belt by this point. Yeah, is that what she's from? Because I don't actually know what Carol Kane is famous for originally. Uh, she's famous for a, a lot of things by now. I'm trying to uh, yeah see what the things were that she was. No, I mean like originally. Well, the first thing I think of is, is Taxi. That's like the first big role. Like she was also like in a in a horror movie. That one where the call is coming from inside the house. Oh, when a stranger calls. Yeah, that's her. Yeah. Believe it or not, that is that is in fact. I did not know that. Well, gosh, um, she was in Dog Day Afternoon. That's 1975. Really? She is. She's in Annie Hall at 77. Good grief! Yeah, she did a. She did what a stranger calls immediately after the Muppet movie. That's incredible. 
What a what a wild well, thing to have happen. Um, no, Taxi's after the fact. Taxi, um, she didn't join Taxi until 1980. Wow, I didn't realize that. In my head, that's always like she's uh, that was like before. But nope. Now we know. Yeah, now we know that that Simka uh, is a thing that happened after the fact. But uh, yeah, I mean, I have to, I have to say, like she must have been at least somewhat known amongst film nerds at the very least um between dog day afternoon and any hall for sure that's got to be that's got to count for something anyway i love she, Car- i love carol I mean, she's only in here for like 30 seconds and then randomly again for 30 seconds it's like the least substantial cameo of the big cameos and yet my favorite <laughs> especially since she's, know, like- li- she's literally um her name in the credits is in fact myth M- myth like it's a myth, myth. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just showing up. Full, Your Carol Kane impression is actually very good. Full Carol. Well, I used to. Do, I used to do impressions of Carol Kane because I watched Scrooged, and she was the. Um, she was the the ghost, ghost of Christmas. Ghost of Christmas. Yeah, yeah. There's Mister Hitchcock. Like I just always loved that voice, that weird voice. She's on Star Trek, by the way. There you go. Bam, got it in there. She's presently on Star Trek: <laughs> Strange New Worlds, um, and I'm still in love with her. Anyway. Um, what is your favorite cameo in this movie? Uh, I, I think it would be uh, Steve Martin as the 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 jackass waiter. Like he just like I think he's like racist against Muppets or something because he's so angry at them the entire time. Well, you know he's dreaming of greater, and uh, he's he's stuck he's stuck being a waiter. Um, some actors don't like waiting tables. First, you know, some of them love it. Yes, some of them love waiting tables. Good practice. For uh, waiting, hurry up and wait. Sure, I was going to say acting, uh, but I don't know. I'm looking down the the list of uh, things. I don't remember Bob Hope being in this. Maybe I don't recognize who Bob what Bob Hope looks like. He's in it. Um, he's in it. Um, Uncle Milty's in it as the yeah, good as, old as, Milton as, Burl. as the as the used car car salesman. That's a good joke. Poor Sweetums. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of good 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 stuff in there i mean like it's wild this the sheer audacity like i guess like they just earned it because i mean like right before carol kane shows up you also for a split second and that's it you see madeline khan yeah i got they got madeline khan and mel brooks and richard Pryor. so like that's a good that's right shit that's a good chunk of the creative team behind blazing saddles in the muppet movie yeah, Bob Hope is the ice cream vendor. That's what happens. Like, there's a scene where, like, Fozzie goes and, and gets the ice cream, and he gets, like, a honey ice cream, and he gets, like, a... Dragonfly ice cream for the He frog. has, like, a dragonfly ripple or some some nonsense. Um, and he's like, don't get him confused. That's <laughs> that's that's the bit. That's the whole thing. Like, who doesn't love the Muppets? Like, of course Orson Welles fucking love the Muppets. Or happy to donate time to the Muppets. Like, they built up a lot of goodwill. I never heard anyone in the 70s being like, God, those Muppets wouldn't touch them in a 10-foot pole. Uh, what happened to the Muppets? Like, you said, like, Frank was talking about how they lost what the Muppets were about. What happened there? Because, like, well, I mean, they made what? There's, I mean, they, for, for one thing, Disney owns them. So that's a that's a, that's a not insignificant part of it. In fact, you, you could argue that that's the whole story. But not even that. Like, the you know, Jim made his last Muppet movie in 1984, and then uh, then he died. And they, I guess he had other priorities. He made Labyrinth, and I don't know what else he was doing in the meantime. Yeah, yeah, he done, um, 
he and <clears throat> Fred Frank had co-directed Dark Crystal. You just get bored of Kermit and uh, Piggy? Um, I think he just, like, I think there's a point in which you go, well, I've wound this up. And, like, it's, it, I think it can probably self-perpetuate. Ha-ha, little did he know. Um, yeah. And also, like, you know, he'd done Fraggle Rock. That was a big thing he was working on. Good show. Chase your cares away. Yep. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I think he was. I think he was doing a lot of that stuff. I think he was trying to stretch his creative wings a little bit. Um, yeah, you think? Uh, you think that it would have been in better shape if uh, you know Jim had lived? I mean, obviously, it could it couldn't possibly have been in worse shape. Well, let's never. I mean, say, just, let's I, never that's say not, never not that's not as insult them up. It's just like talking about the genius of Jim. Like, there's no way he couldn't have improved it. But it's yeah. I mean, it's really hard to say. It's hard to to answer for the impossible question: What if Jim Henson had not um, been part of a very small religion that didn't believe in getting medical care? Oh, is uh, that what that was? I believe like I heard I, he got I, TB I, and like died, but. I believe the deal was that he was a uh, Christian scientist. Christian scientist. What is that? What is this? I believe. I, I believe that that was the deal. Uh, you can t- double check my math on that. But I, I, I was I was always my understanding when I was younger is that uh, he was a member of that particular religion, and their whole thing is that like life is is, is but a dream. It's a construct. It's you know like it's basically like the, the, they're like the original Silicon Valley billionaires that think that this is all just a simulation. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Wikipedia is saying that he wasn't really uh, active in the church anymore. Hmm. He was raised that way. Interesting. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I had heard growing up that he had uh, like, they tell you to take all your meds and he took some meds and I was like, Oh, I feel better now. And he stopped taking his meds and, and whatever he had came back with a vengeance. Hey, anyway, it's very depressing. The Muppets got me through it. They did a whole thing about like how much they loved Jim and how sad they were he was dead. There was a special about it. Sure. Or, uh, there is a special. I, I always think of the... Um, do you know what Filk is? Yes. Are you familiar with Tom Smith's A Boy and His Frog? No. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I should have... I should have... Uh, I should have I uh, made you... Listen to that before we started. Definitely, do, listen, I mean, do not listen to it right now. You will weep. It, it, it's it's uh, if you can survive listening to that song, you can survive anything. I don't know. Filk, the word is a word I'm aware of, but it's like way on the deep end of nerddom, which I have always been a little scared to swim in those waters for fear of never being able to get out again. Sure. So. Well, I mean, like this is like a uh, sort of a. I think like if. If you think of Filk, like this is probably one of the things that people know of. Like, I'm explain, not a big explain filk. what Filk is to for, for, the, for the people. It's just nerdy folk, you know. It's like it's like folk yeah. music, but about nerdy things. Um, okay. That's like the simplest version of it. But uh, yeah, so uh, there is this song. Uh, it is called "The Boy and His Frog." It's by Tom Smith. Tom Smith uh, wrote this song after finding out that Jim Henson had passed away. I believe he was at a convention at the time. And he went up into his hotel room and he wrote the song and then he went down and performed it for people. And it is a song about um, it is from the perspective of Kermit the Frog. And now he's going to have to face the fact that his father is dead 
and that he has to continue being Kermit the Frog. I think I have heard of this, yes. It is brutal beyond the telling. Even explaining to you what the song is so that you are prepared, I promise you, you cannot be prepared. It is so sad. It is literally the saddest song I have ever heard in my entire life. Uh, But it's incredible. Um, And speaking of incredible songs, you know, it's interesting to me that there's no real disco per se in the Muppet movie. I guess I, I guess it's kind of like towards the end of the disco era, huh? Yeah, I would have like by the time they wrote all that stuff, it would have absolutely been still in the uh still in the zeitgeist. I think one of the smarter things the Muppet movies do is to stick to like the classic type of show tunes, kids tunes because again, having watched Muppet Wizard of Oz, there is something about the Muppets that resist modernity. Sure, but I will say that like there is something of the treacly 1970s balladeer to Rainbow Connection, ex- uh, that is true. except like, for for one important fact, which is that the Rainbow Connection is one of the greatest songs ever written and ever performed. Yeah, it's a, a fascinating thing. When I, I did my episode on the Carpenters over on YouTube, I, I found a Karen Carpenter version of the Rainbow Connection. Because, you know, she'd, she'd covered the Muppets before. She did, you know, sing, sing a song. So she did a version of the Rainbow Connection and then didn't release it and didn't come out till like, you know, compilations well after her death because it is terrible. It turns out only Kermit the Frog can sing that. Like, it is written for Kermit the Frog is what the uh, the writer said. It's written for his cadence. It's written for <coughs> him to sing specifically. Yeah, well, that's also the reason you don't really listen to um, the other version of the movie where, like, it's alternate lyrics and the Muppets all take turns singing it. Like, yeah. no, nobody sings that version. It's not that that version is bad, but it's not the the version. I think it has to be, like, a solo song. I just think I, I genuinely, like, would say, like, if I was going to sit down and, and do, like, a top ten best songs of the 70s, there's a very strong chance I'd put it on the list. I love that I mean, song. It's so I mean, it good. Hits, it hits people very hard. It's very poignant. It's very bittersweet. It's, you know, people don't care that it's a, you know, a puppet frog singing it. Can I ask you a question? You may. Uh, why, why are there so many songs about rainbows? Are there, are there so many songs about rainbows? Actually, no, I don't think there are. Honestly, there's, you know, over the rainbow, Maybe like a couple others, but like not really that many. What are you talking about, Kermit? That song's some false advertising. <laughs> I'll tell you what. That's, that's all a lot of bunk. That song's you changed my mind. That song sucks. No. I it's a fa- I, I I like the the entire conceit. Although I will say, um, because we do that William Shatner question on the main show all the time, uh, I always think of um Have you been half asleep? Have you heard voices? I've heard them calling my name. You can really hear Shatner do yeah. a menacing version of that, can't you? <laughs> yes, I can absolutely hear that. That's a question that you ask when you're a therapist to see if you're uh, if the person that you're you're providing care for is okay. Have you been half asleep? And have you heard voices? No. Why would you ask? <laughs> is this the sweet sound that calls the young sailors? My God, Kermit, what are you talking about? It's, it's. I mean, the lyrics are very weird, and yet, I, I mean, you can't beat it. Jim Henson really snuck something in there. Like, 
it's it's impossible to explain why it works as well as it does. Like it just it just does. Did did Jim write this? I thought he did. Holy crap! I did not know that. Am I really just going to be <coughs> wrong about everything today? A uh, Paul Williams wrote it. Oh really? I always thought that it was Jim that it says Jim produced it. Oh. And it's very well produced. I really love uh, the banjo and the strings. It's got it's such a, very, a very, I mean, like the the concept is very Jim. Like it's a very Jim kind of song. Um, it also is. It, it's it's aggressively seventies though. That's a real that's a real seventies <laughs> tune. I don't agree. I th- I think it's very timeless. Huh. You could make the case for the rest of it because that's it's corny in a kind of seventies way in a great way. Moving right along. Yeah. Moving right along. Um, yeah. Raven sings the, Oh, something better comes along. Even though that that's your, there's your problematic song. Wait, what? how does that one go? It's the, it's the one where like Rolf and, Rolf and Kermit is... are, b- are bemoaning women, right? That like <laughs> women are so unreliable. Well, they were wrong because it turns out she was kidnapped, right? I know. I'll tell you. There you go. Here's my, uh, here. I was thinking about this in the shower. Ooh, la, la. Um, I was thinking about Miss Biggie and how um, I think that this movie does a really great job of illustrating her flaws while still keeping her very likable. A thing that I think a lot of people struggle with, right? Like some sometimes people just want to make Piggy like such an aggressive narcissist that she becomes monstrous. And I think that's a mistake. I think what's great about the Muppet movie is that they portray her as being genuinely in love with Kermit on first sight. And that her flaw is not narcissism. It's that she gets fixated on things. And she's very intense. That's it. Like, yes, she really wants to be famous very badly. And... Um, if you asked her what's more important to her, her love of Kermit or her own fame, I think that it would really depend on the circumstance. Yeah. But, you know, she really wants to have her cake and eat it too. And I don't think that that's a bad way to feel. I don't know. There's something weirdly like there's, she's still piggy in this movie, but like they, they human her up in a very profound way, right? Like they make her, I think, a lot more understandable and a lot less narcissistic than you see her in a lot of other interpretations. I, I, I'll say this: like normally, I am, you know, against like origin stories. Like I don't need to know how Han met Lando or anything like that. But I don't know, seeing Piggy's origin as like a small town county fair beauty queen, I was like, wow. Wow, that makes absolute perfect sense. Yeah, I'm not confused. Like, no, no questions. Like this is absolutely what happened. This is the actual truth, true story of this fictional pig. It, yes, she's not. Listen, she's real. Don't, 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 don't get it. Don't get it <laughs> twisted. Miss Piggy's a real person. Right. Yeah, I don't think they made that up for the movie. Don't push it, dog. <laughs> Uh, Your Muppet impressions are on point today. I well, I loved I love the Muppets so much. I really, I mean, I did. I grew again, like I grew up watching Muppet Babies, which is a weird thing that it was like probably the thing I watched the most as a kid because it's a cartoon and not actual Muppets. Um, I found the Muppet Babies very relatable. Uh, I I, mean, I feel like I've, I've told you this before. The there's an episode of Muppet Babies where um, Gonzo wants to be normal, 
And his way of being normal is that he twists his big nose up around his head and hops around on one foot and like clucks like a chicken or something because <laughs> he thinks that will make him seem more normal. And I'm, I thought, wow, that's a relatable kid. Oh man, that's like my whole thing. Um, but no, I, I watched Muppets Take Manhattan a million times and I just... Is that the one where they're brothers? Muppets Take Manhattan? The, Muppets, the one where um, Muppets Take Manhattan. and Fozzie are... Oh yeah, I, I I guess they are. I can't remember what the, if they're actually brothers or not. Yeah, are they they the newspaper reporters in that one? No, this is the one where they're trying to shop their show around broad. They're trying to like like uh, turn turn their their Muppet review into a Broadway show. Like they go. Well, I they don't go remember to, that one at all. Muppet actually, now that I think about you don't it. you don't remember this? Ah, oh. like all the, all the ones I can one, think of man. now are like Muppet Caper. I'm realizing now. Oh yeah, no. This is the, in this movie. The idea is that they've got like a local show. A bit, a bit of, a bit of dinner theater, I suppose, uh, and it's getting rave reviews. They're really well liked, and so they're like, "We're going to take the show to New York City, and we're going to get it put up on Broadway." And they just run into problem after problem after problem. Um, and so, like they, they spend a lot of time at, at this diner, and they, and eventually Kermit gets into a car accident and. Uh, he gets hit by a car, I think, is a deal, and he like loses his memory. And when he comes out, um, he ends up taking a job in the advertising field. And I need to, uh, I guess, I need to rewatch that because I was like, every memory I have of the Muppets in New York is actually the Muppet Caper. I'm realizing. Oh yeah, now. no, this is uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. Is like it's a weird story, but the Kermit loses himself i just i always thought the bit where he becomes he becomes an advertising agent and like everybody else has been in the ad game for too long so when they're trying to figure out like how to do an ad campaign for ocean breeze soap they're all coming up with like these weird outlandish ideas and kermit's like ocean breeze soap will get you clean and they're like that's ingenious (laughs) (laughs) it's like Outstanding work. Uh, it's just really stupid and fun. Um, and then he he flips out. They they're like they're about to put the show on because they've finally gotten the green light and it's all set up. And they they've been looking everywhere for Kermit because they can't do the show without him. And uh, the end is like they pull him backstage and he doesn't remember who they are. And uh, he wants to remember. And everything is like kind of sad. And then Miss Piggy is like telling him how like she's in love with him. Is that and the one he, where they and, get married? And he's yeah, that's well, that's that's the musical they put on at the end. Is like where what, they, it's where, an actual marriage. It is an actual he, he marriage because Kermit turns to Piggy and is like, "I thought Gonzo was going to be was playing the priest." And, yeah. and, and Piggy goes, ah. "Like it's just like such a stupid." But it's an actual priest. It is an actual priest. Um, the, the, the pastor of Muppets. Yes, it is the pastor of Muppets. And on the one side is the Muppets, and on the other side is Sesame Street characters ah oh, it's really it's so good but the, yeah the whole thing that causes kermit to get his memory back is that um p is like we're in love and he like thinks that's ridiculous and he's like i could hear the sounds the song the sounds of love now sweet you know and she gets really mad and she like drop kicks him and then his memory uh, comes back I, it's, it's, it's coming back it's coming back and then he realizes that the thing that the show has been missing is fro- more frogs and dogs and chickens and things. It's yeah, it's an outstanding film. It is always the one that I think of first. But my love of the, of the Muppets is is very deep, and I don't know. I think that the the, the Muppet voices are 
anybody can do a, like a Muppet voice decently, right? Like, I don't think I do like great Muppet voices. I think I do ones where like you can recognize who they are. I think, yeah, it, that's it. It feels like most people have a Kermit impression they're waiting to drop at, yeah. the, you know. Yeah, ask, ask somebody to do that. You know, I mean, I, I guess like you're less likely to hear somebody have like a gonzo at the ready. Maybe like they're not as likely to have like a a Bunsen honeydew or a um, maybe that maybe they don't. Maybe a lot of people don't do like like a Dr. Teeth or a Rolf because that's basically the same voice, except that like one of them is more defeated than the other. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, like Dr. Teeth is kind of like, it's like higher up, like, you know, he's ready to go at any time, you know, like he's yeah. like having a great time. And Rolf is very like, yeah, anyway, you know, anyway, my, my, my wife left me and then my horse left me and then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then I took a nap anyway. Uh, like <laughs> he's, you know, like he's just so calm about it, but completely defeated. Like their voices are basically the same. Here's another thing I realized. Um, I think, that um, the voice for SpongeBob is partially inspired by the voice for Big Bird. That does make sense. I can hear it. I they're can both, hear it. They're great, both, great they're cameo both from Big Bird. Oh yeah, great cameo. Great, great, great cameo. Because like, if you like, I think about it. I, th- I think about it. I thought about it watching that scene because they see him on the road and they're like, yeah. maybe we should pick him up. And he's like, I'm on my way to New York City. You know, he's like, <laughs> it's like to, to get into public television. You know, and I was like. Aye, aye, Mr. Krabs. Like, it's a really <laughs> close voice. Like, there's a, you know, I think that SpongeBob is a little more like a Gen Xer is doing the voice of SpongeBob, you know, and like a boomer is doing the voice of, of, uh, of and so there's a little more of that like innate hopefulness, not quite so sardonic. Uh, not that like SpongeBob is aggressively negative, but he's, he's capable there's of that ne- emotion, there's, there's whereas Big Bird is not. Like, there's nothing negative. Like, Big Bird's whole thing is that like every he's a child and everything about him is like wide-eyed wonder. That's his thing, except for uh, in Follow That Bird when he gets kidnapped. I have never seen that. Oh my gosh, that Bluebird of Sadness song absolutely <laughs> fucked me up as a kid. Oof, so sad. It just crushed me. Anyway, the Muppet movie. What else you got? Oh, I don't know. Like I said, it's a it's a it's a pretty thin movie. There's not like a whole lot going on in it. It's just here's all your friends. They're going on a road trip. Isn't that great? And you know, some stuff happens, some stuff, you know. It's not like a very like substantial movie. It just looks very nice and it's fun to be around my friends Kermit and Piggy and Gonzo and Fozzie. Well, we've managed to talk for like fifty minutes. <laughs> you know, I mean we didn't do too bad. Yeah. I uh, I know that people get mad if we come out coming under an hour, but I don't. You know, I don't think they do. Do they? I'm sure I mean, there's. Exa- I'm sure there's exactly two to three people that are. I mean, I like, wouldn't know how because dare I don't you read comments in- or interact with you know <laughs> these people at all. You're, so you lousy person. Um, <laughs> once again, I'll take this time to say, listen to Ringo the Fourth. It's better than God, Todd has stop sold that. It. Don't don't. <laughs> I, I was kind of shocked Ringo was never on the Muppets. Was he never in the Muppets? Never? I think he might have done something like recently for the new show, but he that's like, about it. But he is a Muppet. <laughs> Isn't he? Isn't Ringo He's, just a Muppet? He. It really seems like he should have been with the Muppets. I don't know. Maybe he was just like too restrained a drummer. That seems like nonsense to me. 
He was an actor, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, Ringo's known for drumming and acting. Those are his two things. And, of, and of course, Peace and Love. I mean, he's one of the least animal-y drummers who have ever lived. Though he was friends with all those animal drummers, as I found out. That's, he was friends with Keith Moon isn't and that, uh, isn't it, John Bonham. It's kind of messed up, isn't it, that uh, animals, like, all BDSM'd up? <laughs> what? Well, they got him in chains, right? And oh, like, that's right. Yes. Like, Well, I mean, he's, weird. he has to. He's an animal. He's crazy. He's not. He is. He's, you know, and he turned into a, a giant-sized animal right at the end. He's just misunderstood. Well, he, you know, I mean, that's a... Uh, he really resolves... He resolves the conflict. Yes. Uh, he by scares be- away, like... That bad guy sure went crazy there at the end. He hired a, a hitman. I feel like he went off the rails a little. I think he's a very good representative for uh, corporate fascism. <laughs> he's, a, he's actually a great villain for our day. <laughs> and uh, all of the workers coming together to fight back rather than leaving one of them to go alone. Um, that they all kind of combine to make one big animal that can't be defeated. Yes. Um, Anyway, that's a that's a real read on this movie, but yeah, there's there's not like a whole lot of like secret depths to explore. It's like, what do you think Piggy's motivation was in this scene? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody that's 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 done this. <laughs> that's really Although, like, like that's why really do I dug why, into it? She did like straight abandon the, the 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 frog. She's just like, oh, I got a I got a gig. Bye, bye, frog. That was stupid of her. Like, she had to get picked up on the side of the road just, like, a, a day later because she didn't have a fucking ride. Why did you do that, Piggy? I don't get you. I mean, so there's two arguments there. One, um, the argument is that she's hyper-focused and sometimes she loses the forest for the trees, right? Uh, and sometimes uh, the argument is that Piggy did it intentionally, that she, like, put herself on that road so that, like, Kermit would have thought that he lost her and would be very grateful that she was back. That's the piggy is a monster read <laughs> on the situation, which, you know, some people do write her that way. So, like, I don't know. I haven't watched any of like the, the newer stuff. I think the last I saw the couple of movies that came out, but I don't really remember Muppet Treasure Island all that well. I didn't watch. I did watch Muppets tonight. I was really sad that got canceled when I was a kid. They're showing the '90s, but I didn't watch, haven't watched any of like the newer stuff on Disney Plus or anything. Yeah, I'd I'd had a moment where I thought like maybe we should watch the the the, the Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem show to talk about that, but then I didn't. I mean, I mean, you can you guys can make us do that. You in the audience, you could. I would not be opposed to watching more Muppet shit. Yeah, I mean, I think we made we made a, a little something out of this. I hope people will, yeah. people will let us know this is a good episode or a bad episode. Um, <laughs> They'll certainly tell us, for sure. And I will certainly not know about it. <laughs> Until I tell you. I'm like, Don, is that mean things? I keep telling you, don't read the comments, ever, about anything. Well, all right then, moving right along. Moving right along. Moving right along. All right, thank you for voting. You'll uh, get another thing to vote on next time. Thank you for making us watch the Muppet movie. And, and thank you for donating to our Patreon. Really, really, we, we like money and we need money. That's right. Tell your friends to give us money. Please. Please tell your friends. Uh, All right. Thank you. Well, bye! Cheers!